This is episode number 190 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stanner. Everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. On this episode, I'm going to cover seven of my favorite ways to create a unique opening for your presentation. Um, so, you know, basically the scenario is you've created, you've, you've spent a lot of time creating this great presentation, but you know that you're going to be delivering the presentation to a fairly tough audience. So how do you win that tough audience over right at the start of the presentation? I'm going to give you my seven best ways to do this. By the way, I'll cover each of these tips in, in more detail in the episode post on my website at fearlesspresentations.com. And I put a link to that post in the show notes. So you can kind of click over there. If you're, uh, it gives a ton of extra examples and ways to actually apply this stuff in the real world. So basically what I want to do on the podcast is just give you the overview so that you have something tangible that you can use on your next presentation. So if you're driving and you want to access those notes later, just all you really have to do is just Google fearless presentations and how to start a presentation and it should come up right away. Uh, make sure to stick around for the last 10 minutes of the podcast, though, because the, the tip that I save for the final tip, the last thing that I cover is one that if you can pull it off, you're going to be seen as a highly effective presenter and speaker. Uh, by the way, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a session. And make sure to leave me a comment or a review uh, wherever you download the podcast. And by the way, the episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you have a team of presenters and you want to help those presenters become more persuasive, more professional, and or more confident when they present, then just go to fearlesspresentations.com and you can set up a free Zoom consultation with one of our professional coaches. Uh, so that's fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with seven dynamic ways to start your presentation. So in this episode, I'm going to cover some of my best ways to start a presentation. And I, you know, we've all been there as speakers. You know, you walk out on stage or in front of a, a meeting room and the audience is kind of staring at you with skepticism written all over the faces, all over their faces. Um, if you've ever been in front of a stoic crowd, you know, you know they've got no patience for speakers who waste their time. And their demeanor kind of shows it right, right, right away. I mean, right as you kind of walk out. So basically, you need the best way possible to start that presentation so that you can win over those audience members very quickly. So, I mean, I've told you, I've been there myself. <laughs> I've, I've been in those situations. They're not comfortable. But basically, what I'm going to cover on this podcast are my favorite ways to start a speech that will help you really capture the attention of the audience from uh, especially those audiences that are more stoic and, and uh, more challenging. So I, let me just give you the list of things that we're going to cover on this episode. Um, I'll go through each one of them in a little bit of detail. And I've also put a, a bunch of additional details and examples in the show notes. So if you just go to show notes and click the link to the 
to the uh, blog post for this for this podcast. You'll be able to get lots of different examples for these as well. So here's the list, though. You know, so the first thing that I suggest people do, and this is an easy one, is just give your presentation summary and conclusion first. Kind of tell them what you're going to tell them. Um, the second one that we'll cover is how you can start with a compelling story. That's one of those things that you can use to win over that stoic audience pretty pretty quickly. Um, a third thing that you can do uh, is use a startling statistic to start the presentation. Uh, and the fourth one is a funny or motivational quote or, or a one-liner that you can use to kind of get them laughing right away. Um, the next one is you can start with an opinion asking question. So get the audience involved right as you start the presentation. The next one is to make a powerful or shocking statement to start your speech. And I'll kind of tell you the one that I use a lot. It's it that's this is a funny tip because it's one of those things that kind of initially it has the propensity to kind of turn the audience away just a little bit. They go, oh, that's not really true. And then all of a sudden you kind of sway them and persuade them. And so they think you're brilliant. So it's, it's a really cool one to use. And then the last one is the one I'm going to spend a little bit more time on. If you, if you get, if you listen to none of these other tips, make sure and just fast forward to the last one. Um, and, um, and in fact, I'm not even going to tell you what it is right now, because I want to kind of save that one for last. It's, it's, um, it's one of those things that, if you can pull it off, it becomes a really cool way to win over your audience very, very quickly. All right. So the first three of these things that we're going to cover, though, are ones that you can use to, to help your audience remember your content. So if the, if the stuff that you're telling them, that the, the uh, information that you're reporting is really important that your audience retain it, then these first three things are going to be really helpful. So the first one is give your presentation summary or conclusion first. And I mentioned this before that this this is really one of the easiest ones to ways to start a presentation. In fact, it's the first thing that we show people in our public speaking classes. We sh we show them this first because it's just really really easy. Um, so basically, you just start with a summary of your content. Uh, right, you know, right at the beginning of the presentation, you you kind of tell them the conclusion that you're going to want them to draw by the time you finish the presentation, but you tell it to them at the at the start. Um, I'll tell you why this one is kind of important. As a speaker, you've got a lot going against you. <laughs> the biggest challenge is that most of the people who are in the audience would probably rather be somewhere else. No matter how good you are as a speaker, that's almost always the case. So starting with the conclusion gives them a reason to tune in and really pay attention to the content. By the way, TV shows do this a lot. Um, the like, for instance, the first the movies do it as well. You know, the very first scene in Titanic, you know, from the from the late '90s, that movie from the late '90s, the James Cameron one, is the 90-year-old Rose on the salvage ship. And, um, you know, immediately, you know, when she rolls herself onto the salvage ship, she's asked the captain, you know, get to see her painting. And then you guys probably remember the phrase, you know, wasn't I a dish, right? So um, we all know the story of Titanic, but starting 70 years into the future, we already know that somehow this woman Rose was going to survive the tragedy. And so we pay attention because we want to see exactly how she ended up getting there. And that's um, and you probably recall, you know, Netflix series that you've watched or where they show a quick little introduction right at the beginning of the show. And then they flash back to an earlier time, 24 hours earlier or one week earlier or two years earlier, that kind of thing. Um, so you can create the same type of effect in your presentation introduction by making your title a conclusion that you want the audience to draw. And then once you tell them the conclusion, you lay out a few of your bullet points 
that are going to help them come to that conclusion. You know, for instance, let me give you an example of what one of these would sound like. So my topic today is five ways to get your executives to increase your department budget. And those items that we will cover are boom, 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 boom. We kind of give them the five ways. And now, of course, this technique, it really works best if your title is a result that your audience wants to, wants to achieve. Um, so if you, if you design your title effectively, a lot of times you can just kind of read the title and your bullet points as your opening and it, and it works really, really well. Um, by the way, this, this technique is also really beneficial. If you use it, it's one of the reasons why we kind of use this one first in our public speaking classes, because if you do it well, you can actually also use it as a conclusion for your presentation as well. So you start with the presentation, tell them what you're going to tell them, then go through the details and then summarize it at the end just by giving your title and your and your bullet points. Really, really easy. Uh, by the way, if you want more details about how to use this particular one, we've, we've got entire blog posts just on how to do this specific uh, opener. So just go to fearlesspresentations.com and search for how to start a presentation. And I'll put links to each one of the other posts in the show notes. All right. So the second one is that you can start your presentation with a compelling story. Um, a, a good story about the topic at hand has a, has a magical way of capturing the attention of the audience. Uh, it, it can also sometimes, by the way, insert humor right at the beginning of your presentation. So I'll give you a really good example of this. I, I taught a private presentation class for the Mitsubishi company a while back. And I, I could tell walking into the room that this was going to be kind of a tough crowd. The culture of this predominantly Japanese company, it, it's fairly quiet and reserved. So most often, just when I come in to do public speaking classes for, for private companies, um, I, a lot of times I'll introduce myself to the class members and, and a lot of times people are really warm and friendly, you know, and they, they do that because I'm a guest in their office. And most of the time they're trying to make me feel at home and feel comfortable. Uh, and by the way, the Mitsubishi organizer did this as well. She was fantastic. However, as the participants, each one of the folks who are actually going to be are taking place in the class, as they came into the, at the end of the room, each one of them, it was kind of strange because they all walked in the room. None of them said a word. None of them said, of them said good morning. <laughs> Nothing. It was basically each kind of just sat down. They opened up their laptops and they quietly began typing on their keyboards. You know, I mean, nothing, no interaction whatsoever. I did my best to try to get them to open up, but very few of them were laughing at my jokes and very few of them were smiling at me as I asked them questions. In fact, a lot of times it was very difficult to even make eye contact. They weren't making eye contact with me. So I'm, I'm sitting here at the beginning of this class going, "Ooh, man, tough crowd. So when I started the class, I knew I needed something that would help the group relate more to me. Um, so I decided to go into a fairly detailed version of an experience where I just totally bombed a speech. And I had a lot of uh, self-deprecating humor to the story. You know, I made it, I kind of a, a somewhat exaggerated the, um, the negatives that I, that I felt just to, because internally in my head, those things were actually true. Uh, and afterward, the mood in the room kind of lightened up a, a little bit. It was really easy for them to, to, for the audience to kind of feel more at ease because they were more 
I was more relatable to them. I, I had been where they are. So stories are an easy addition to any speech. You know, for instance, if you're giving a, a project report, you can start with a memorable event that has occurred on the project since the last time you met with your group. Or if you're giving a financial report where profit is up, you can just give a, a quick example of something that caused that profit to increase since your last meeting. So the stories are a great way to kind of lighten up the mood in the presentation, get a stoic crowd on your, on your side, and, and sometimes even add a little bit of humor. So the third presentation opener is to use a startling statistic to start your presentation. Um, by doing a little research up front, you can often find good and sometimes startling statistics that you can use to capture the attention of your audience fairly quickly. You can also create a good introduction by phrasing the statistic as a provocative statement. You know, for instance, let's say that you're giving a financial presentation where revenue for your company was up 2.5% last quarter. Pretty good, right? But when you look at the statistics for your industry as a whole in that same quarter, you find that, um, the, that the industry as a whole was actually a little bit higher. So you might start your presentation by saying something like, Hey, the electronics industry as a whole was up 3.4% last quarter. However, our company underperformed the industry with only a 2.5% increase in revenue. So basically, it's it's a way to kind of get people going, wait, 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 what? We did worse than everybody else, right? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a startling statistic. It's one of those things that when you say it, it creates an emotional impact on the audience. You can do it positive, by the way, too. I mean, that's, that's just an example. But the easiest way to find these statistics about your topic is, is to just do a Google search. And all you have to do is just type your topic out, whatever your topic is or the general premise of your topic followed by the word statistic. Nothing more difficult than that, and you'll find these things. So I'll give you a few examples of how I did this just to kind of show you how easy this is. I did a Google search for the phrase popular TED Talks, a very common phrase that happens in Google all the time. And I came up with an article about the 25 most shared TED Talk videos. And, and all I did was just paste the name of each one of those TED Talk videos into Google and just put the word statistic after it. And uh, this is what I came up with. So the first, the first TED Talk video was called, Does School Kill Creativity? I just typed in, Does School Kill Creativity? Statistics. And this is what I came up with. So according to the Adobe State of Create Global Benchmark Study, whatever that is, Eight in 10 people feel that unlocking creativity is critical to economic growth, and more than half of those who were surveyed feel that creativity is being stifled by their education systems, which is interesting. I mean, that is right along the lines of what the, the topic of that presentation is about, and it's statistical. Now, obviously, I probably wouldn't use that one, or if I did, I would summarize it a little bit more just because it's very difficult to to say but you kind of get the gist right the second topic or the second ted talk title that i put in was your body language may shape who you are and so i just typed that in again your body language may shape who you are statistic and one and one of the first statistics that came up was we receive 82% of information from what we see 11% from what we hear and only 7% by all the other senses combined. And that's from the body language, from a body language infographic that, that showed up right away. 
The third one, it was how great leaders inspire action. So again, same thing, how great leaders inspire action, statistic, put that into Google. And I found that 84% of all organizations anticipate a shortfall in leaders within the next five years. And that's from a, a document called 13 Shocking Leadership Development Statistics. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to find a good statistic. There's so much out there on the internet um, to, to um, search for. And, um, and, it's, and this is a good way to kind of start your presentation because it gets your audience to think differently about the topic that you're going to be speaking on. Uh, by the way, just so you guys know, um, the, the, the show notes, in the show notes, I put a link to the, the blog post that we created for, for this podcast. And there are actually two additional bonus tips on this one. This one was so powerful that it works so well that I'm, I give two extra bonuses on how you can use this in a very effective way. One of them, by the way, I'll just kind of tell it to you is when you combine the story with st the statistic, the last two that we've kind of covered, and we kind of show you how to do that in the show notes. So just go to the show notes, click the link, and it will take you to some additional information. All right. So the next four openers that, we're, that I'm going to talk about are actually quick presentation starters that capture attention. So those first three that I just went over are ones to help you help you um, help your audience to remember the content a little bit more. This one is just more for gathering great attention, some positive attention when you begin to speak. So the, the fourth one that we're going to cover is a funny or motivational quote or one liner. So it's not, not just starting with a quote. Those are, you know, it could be inspirational, that kind of thing. But if you can find a quote that's that's kind of humorous, it it adds it lightens up the mood a little bit right at the beginning. So sometimes a relevant quote that you can easily memorize and deliver can capture attention in a really, really positive way. For instance, I often use um, a, a quote before my keynote speeches or at the beginning of our keynote speeches or breakout sessions. And I, it's, it's a Mark Twain quote. So it's really funny. So there are two types of speakers those who are nervous and those who are liars. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's the way Mark Twain actually taught, but talked, but, um, but anyway, that's, uh, that's my best Mark Twain uh, impersonation anyway. So basically a powerful quote is an effective way to make a positive first impression with your audience. It also adds a little bit of humor. I mean, you can find quotes like this, just like we did with the statistics. All you really have to do is just type in your title or your topic and just instead of putting statistic at the end of it, just put the word quotes. So I'll use those same three TED Talks as the, as the examples here. So the first one, if you recall, was does school kill creativity? I just typed that in, does school kill creativity? Plus the word quote at the end of it. And this was the quote I got. It's by, by uh, Bryant H. McGill. And he said, creativity is the greatest expression of liberty. And then I did the same thing for your body language may shape who you are. And the quote that I came up with was by Peter Goober, Peter Goober. And the quote is language is more recent technology. Your body language, your eyes, your energy will come through to your audience before you even start speaking. And then the last one was how great leaders inspire action. Just put the word quote after that and Googled it. And I got a leader is the one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And that's a John Maxwell quote. 
So basically you can do the same thing that we did with the statistics. You can just put the word quote at the end of it. And a lot of times you're going to get some fairly inspirational quotes. If you can find ones that are funny, they typically work a little better than the inspirational quotes. Um, by the way, uh, just like in the previous exercise or the previous tip, uh, in the show notes, I'm giving you two bonus tips. So this is a, so a couple of different things that you can do with, with this tip that'll make these things come to life. So tip number five is start with an opinion asking question. So again, if we're trying to get the audience to really kind of pay attention to us, sometimes an easy way to do that is to get them talking before you're talking. So I use this a lot, by the way, when I start a, a just about any type of presentation, but specifically a sales presentation. So for instance, if I am if I'm at a client office and I'm trying to get them to buy my services, a lot of times I want to try to customize that delivery as best I can to the people that are in the room. And, and I can do the research, but the, I mean, with them sitting right in front of me while I'm speaking, a lot of times I can get much better information than I can by doing research on that, on that company. So, um, I, so if, especially if I want to make sure that the content that I'm delivering this presentation is in line with what the audience members are looking for, which again is especially true if those potential audience or those audience members are potential good customers, then I'll start with, I'll start with an open-ended question with a phrase like, you know, in a perfect world, and then finish that sentence and finish that question. So like the one that I typically use is I'll say something like in a perfect world, if your team were able to present their ideas to your customers more effectively, what, what would they be doing then that's different than what they're doing now? So basically, I'm just asking a quick little question to get them to say, so what's it that you want them to be doing that they're not doing now? So this technique is a little bit more challenging for the presenter. You have to be able to take whatever your audience gives you and design your presentation on the fly. However, if you've done good research before the meeting, you shouldn't be surprised by the answers that the audience gives you. So keep in mind that only the best presenters actually use this particular technique. So when you add this process into your presentations, you're going to increase your stature as a speaker pretty dramatically. So by the way, the question should be open-ended, meaning that the audience is giving you their opinions. Things like rhetorical questions and show of hands questions, they, they will backfire on you a lot of times. Um, your audience may think that you're trying to manipulate them if you ask questions like that. So the important thing to remember is to ask a question that asks for an opinion of the audience members. That way, as they answer, they're correct. And basically, you're not, you're not trying to trick them. You know, we're trying to get input from them. We're trying to get feedback from them. And that's why this technique works really, really well. So the sixth opener that you can use is to make a powerful or shocking statement right at the beginning of your speech. Um, I sometimes start my public speaking classes with a statement like, hey, you guys, just about everything that you've ever learned about public speaking is wrong. <laughs> so a lot of times when I make that statement, I'll follow it up with different tips that people try that just really don't work well. Things like, you know, picturing the audience naked. I mean, we've heard stuff like that. None of that stuff really works. They're, they're gimmicky things, right? So the funny thing is, is that many of the people in the room will question the truthfulness of that statement the first time that I say it. Yeah, you know, just about everything you've ever learned about public speaking is wrong. God, what a conceited jerk this guy is. He thinks he knows everything, right? It's a bold claim, right? Um, they, they, what tends to happen though, is 
because I'm standing up in front of the room and because I do have a little credibility before I even start to speak based on my reputation, then uh, a lot of times they don't necessarily confront me. It's not like somebody's going to raise their hand right away and say, hey, I don't think that's true, right? However, when I look around the room, I can see the confused looks on their faces. They're kind of, the, the faces will kind of show me what they're really thinking. But then as I begin to list the crazy tips one by one, they tend to kind of begin to realize the truthfulness of that statement. So initially they were like, I don't really trust this. And then the more of those that I give, the more that I kind of went them to my way of thinking. So like, for instance, I'll give you an example of what this sounds like. And I'll, I'll give you the internal monologue that somebody might have when I'm, when I'm going through the process. Um, like the first thing that I might tell them is, um, is, you know, we're given tips like, Hey, to reduce nervousness, you should pretend that your audience is naked. <laughs> And a lot of times, and all I do is just pause there and let them think about that. Because most of the time while they're thinking, they're kind of thinking something like, God, man, he's right. I have tried that. That does not work. That's just a distraction. That didn't work at all, right? Uh, and then I'll give them the second one. So you should memorize your speech word for word. And then explain it a little bit. Actually, if you, if you lose your place when you're reciting that speech, you just get more nervous. And a lot of times what happens is once I say that, internally they're saying, yeah, that one's, that one's true too, right? Uh, another tip would be um, you should practice in front of a mirror or record yourself speaking. And then I explained to them that, you know, actually you're your own worst critic. So you'll nitpick every little thing that you do wrong. It again, makes you more nervous. And then again, they'll likely kind of agree with me. Yep, I've done that one too. Wow. Maybe he's right. Those things don't really work. Maybe all this stuff that I've been told all my life doesn't actually work. And so basically by making that shocking statement up front, it kind of, it shocks them a little bit. It, it um, puts them on the defense. And then as I start to give them data or given, give them examples, um, I begin to win them to my way of thinking. And they tend to very quickly start to see me as being a credible source at that point. Um, I, I, another way that I use this, by the way, is uh, the, the shocking statement tip is that I'll foreshadow a future behavior that will occur during that presentation. So I give you a good example of this. I, when I when I do team building activities, um, I, I we a lot of times in when we're trying to build teamwork within teams, we're having them kind of play games or or do team challenges. And I've done done this over and over and over and over and over. And so I see patterns that start to develop when I give this instruction, this is how people react. And this is what, and so as a result of me seeing that over and over and over again, I just tell the audience what's going to happen before it actually happens. And they think I'm brilliant, by the way. So for, I give you a good example of this. So um, I might start a presentation. Um, let, let's say that I'm, I'm using a team building game to divide the big group up into smaller teams. And so I might start that activity by saying, hey, by the way, in less than 15 minutes, some of you chivalrous men who opened the door for a young lady when she was coming into the room will actually be chicken winging that woman to, to take something from her. And that's going to take place in less than 15 minutes. And then when we, and of course, when we start playing the game and that thing actually happens, the people see it and they are, and just uh, laughter erupts because they're, because I told them it was going to happen and it actually did. So either of those types of shocking statements are things that you can kind of use to add a little bit of humor to the beginning of your presentation and to kind of build your credibility fairly quickly. So this last opener is the one I saved for last purposefully because it's the one that if you can pull this off, 
you are a fantastic speaker. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's one of those things that if you can do this and you understand the concept here and are able to kind of pull this off, then people will see you as being a credible speaker right from the beginning. So, a good, so the tip number seven is to arouse curiosity in your audience with what marketers call a hook. So uh, uh, and it's a good way to start the, the presentation. We call this like a teaser or a hook. You basically give the audience a little taste of something that is compelling and then let them know that more of that compelling content is going to come later in the presentation. By the way, I, I, an example of this, by the way, is the one that I just gave you about the chicken wing statement. You know, So by, by kind of saying that, people are going, what the heck is a chicken wing? And then all of a sudden, when they see somebody, you know, one of these guys push a, a girl off of, when they see it, they'll go, oh, my God, that's, that's what a chicken wing is, right? So basically, by using these statements ahead of time, you can actually foreshadow something that's 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 already happening. By the way, talk radio, television, news store of programs, reality TV shows, especially they do this brilliantly. I mean, I remember years ago watching season one of Survivor. It's probably the only season that I ever ever watched. Um, the The season winner was an eccentric guy named Richard Hatch. Who he was a pretty good fisherman, so he fed the entire group on the island or his team on the island, and so he was pretty popular for for most of the season. However, he also did things to kind of keep the other contestants, his the other team members, a little bit off their game. And at the start of one of the episodes, I remember um, in the background you could see Richard walking along the beach, just butt naked, <laughs> with with his bottom blurred out by the producers. This is in like the first 60 seconds of the, the show, kind of as the introduction. And I remember doing a double take going, um, what? I mean, there are just some things that you can't unsee, no matter how hard you try. You can't unsee these things. And I didn't particularly ever want to see Hatch's bare bum ever again. However, I had an eager want to find out how in the heck that happened, you know, and I was probably one of, you know, millions of viewers that night going, what in the world? What is that all about? And it's compelling. You want to kind of see the basically triggers a, a, um, a, a part of your brain that says, man, I have to figure out how that thing happened. By the way, talk radio guys do this by saying at the bottom of the hour, we're going to, and then whatever it is that they're, they're teasing, right? So the technique, it's kind of like a cliffhanger. You know, everybody wants to know how that story is going to end. You know, will Ross marry Emily or will Rachel stop the wedding? Will Jon Snow die of his stab wounds in the snow? No pun intended. Uh, Kenan Jennings has won 74 times in a row on Jeopardy. Will he be beaten on this episode? What's going to happen now that DEA agent Hank realizes his brother-in-law broke bad, you know, uh, and, and then above all, who shot JR, right? I mean, those are all things that have occurred in the last, you know, 20, 30 years that had people talking because they were cliffhangers. Um, and you can add in a hook like that into the start of your presentation fairly easily. It's, it's a fun technique to use when you start a presentation. And there's so many different ways to do this, depending on the purpose of your presentation. So like, for instance, you could tell your compelling story, as I kind of mentioned earlier, that start with that story, but then don't tell them the ending. You know, you just stop right when you get to the climax. You don't tell them what, what happened at the end of that, of that story. 
uh, and um, and then finish it, you know, at the at the end of your presentation. So basically, when you get to the end of your presentation, you kind of tell the end of that story. By the way, in in a couple of weeks, I'm going to show you some great ways to end your presentation as well. And that will be one of the things that we cover in, in that episode. Um, um, or the, the hook could be a, a cliffhanger or a foreshadow of something later in the presentation. Um, so you could say you could say something like, you know, so as we did the research, we uncovered a single habit that once you change it, will actually generate an extra quarter of a million dollars for our company. And I'll share that secret with you in my final point. <laughs> so basically, it's a technique that you can kind of use right at the beginning of your presentation to get people to want to pay attention as you go. And by the way, I actually did this on this episode of the podcast. If you go back and listen to the first you know, two or three minutes of, of the podcast, I said something like, hey, in the last 10 minutes of the episode, I'm going to give you, I'm going to share with you, you know, my best overall foolproof presentation opener. And by the way, we just spent the last 10 minutes going over that. So thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. Hope you guys had had some fun and we'll see you next week. Bye y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 